It's a life-changing message by the Reverend Sam Crunchy Ankara. I will begin the Easter celebrations from today and uh, I will run through with you the book of Job. Now, the book of Job is the Old Testament of the pre-Christ. Pre-Christ. The pre-Christ in the New Testament, a shadow of him can be found in the life of this man called Job. Now, Job is usually associated with suffering. My subject of discussion today will be glory in suffering. That the righteous man doesn't suffer keke. Because God wants to punish you. No! There is always a reason God will take you through certain trials and tests. Which in the end, like Job. And I want to warn you already and give you the end of Job before we start the show. The end of Job in chapter 42, the Bible says, everything that he lost, God gave him double. The children he lost, God returned them. All the people who accused him and said he was a sinner, all of a sudden, all of them carried envelopes and gifts. The money Job had was more than what he lost. So I want you to know that in every suffering is God's preparation for you to the top. In suffering, you will acquire endurance. In suffering, you acquire patience. In suffering, you will see the glory of God. In suffering, you will begin to now have compassion. You, you will never have a heart for prisoners until you have been to prison yourself. You will never have mercy upon the poor until you have been poor before. So, this Easter, we are celebrating a man who went through pain and struggles and in the end, when his enemies put him in the grave, he rose again. We seem to be only celebrating the rising, but the process leading to the rising, we don't want to talk about it. Today, I will be concentrating myself with three aspects of the story of Job. Number one, I'll be concentrating myself with Job's response. After he heard the most devastating news that a man can hear within one day. His response. I will also then move to discuss God's testimony about Job in chapter 1 and verse number 8. And I will challenge you and ask you, if God can give same about you. Then number three, I will look at the source of Job's predicament, sorrow and pain. How that Satan summoned God to a court and challenged God about Job for which God had to allow him to infest pain, sorrow, affliction upon the man Job. You will see a clear photograph of our Lord Jesus Christ in this Old Testament. Let me start by asking you a question. I want you to be truthful to yourself. What would you do if in one day a messenger comes and says, Sir, we were in the field. We were watching over your ship, 7,000 of them. And then all of a sudden, some mighty wind from somewhere, or is it fire from somewhere, fell and all the 7,000 sheep, they are dead. And I alone, I have escaped to come and tell you. Just when they finish, another one comes. Sir, we were in the field, we were watching over your donkeys, 3,000 of them. Sir, 
Some wicked people from the east came and raided all of them. They've scattered. Say, say, say. The, the case is bizarre. Just when he finished, another one came and said, ah, ah. Sir, as for this one, it will be difficult for me to say. Say, what is it? I've had enough already. My sheep are all gone. My donkeys are gone. My donkeys are gone. My servants are gone. What is it again? Say, this time your children, your children, your seven sons and then your three daughters, they were having a dinner in the house of the eldest son. And then the mighty wind blew. And the pillars and the foundations of the building shook. And all of a sudden, the building collapsed. And they just said, hey, what? What tell me? Sir, all of them are dead. Hey! One day, and while Job was mourning, huh, the devil comes back to God and says, Sir, Job hasn't denounced you. It is because you took away his money and wealth. He knows he will get them back. But now, give me permission. Let me strike him with some diseases and sicknesses. And when that one is done, you will see whether Job will worship you. God said, oh yeah, go. And the kind of diseases that the devil struck Job with, I'm going to discuss those diseases with you. Heavy dose of punishment, pain, affliction to a man who had committed no sin. In chapter 2 and verse number 8, 7 and 8, the devil struck him with diseases of sores on his body, itching sores. The sore is running with, uh, water is running out of the sore. Very itchy. Very itchy. Now here was how he was bringing relief. He will break a bottle and then he will scratch himself. Now watch this. The man has sores on his body already and then he's using stone to scratch because he could not sleep. Number two, he had sleeplessness, insomnia. Hey, some of you, if you haven't slept two days, then you are looking for sleeping tablets. Two days. Itching. The closest I came to with itching was when I used to live in my village room and I used to sleep on this mattress made of in, uh, in, look at the, the mattress. The mattress was made of uh, achacha. Achacha. My daughter Mawena hasn't seen it before. But one day, please, anybody who has achacha, can you bring one to church for me? I want this that the bees to see what their fathers were sleeping on before. Achacha yields and brings out bags. We call them bed bags. Now, now, the, the, the bad bugs, bad, bad bugs, they attack dangerous places such as here. And the place the enemy will want to disgrace you particularly is when you are in a trot rock queue. Today we are sleeping on a mattress called orthopedic. Highest quality form of, 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 of mattress today. Little did I know that my suffering will come to an end. But I came here to let somebody know what you are going through is just a it's a season. It's a season. Tomorrow, your story will be different. Small skin rashes. And you are afraid. He has sores, itching, water running, 
chapter 2 verse 8. Now I'm running through the whole of Job with you. So get ready for this one. And then in chapter 19 and verse 17. He also developed bad breath. Bad breath. 1917. Now in those days. If Job was speaking with you. You have to stand about 100 meters away. Because. The vapor that will come from Job. It will knock you down. Job had the sickness of bad breath. Chapter 19, verse 17. Chapter 19 and verse 20, he had weight loss. He began to lose weight. He began to lose weight. Now, losing weight is not a small disease. Because you are losing weight and sometimes you don't know. Now we know. When your kidney is affected and it's not functioning, you lose weight. When your liver is affected and dysfunctional, you lose weight. When your major organs are not working, you lose weight. If a cancer gets one of your cells and starts eating into it, you lose weight. And when you have HIV, you lose weight. Now watch this. There's nothing so devastating than to come out, you have seen yourself in the mirror that you are losing weight. And you are already worried. And then when you come out, your friends, oh, me, me no talon again. And then it is not even good in gown. The gown will say, me no bin again. Why, why are you so dry like that? Do you have any worries? What is worrying you? And the more they try to sympathize with you, the more depressed you become. That was Job's problem. Job had some three friends. Oh, one of them is called Eliphaz. The other one is called Zophar. The other one is called Bildad. The words of their mouth. Oh, they can depress you. Today, if you are in friendship with anybody who depresses you, are cut off the friendship. Oh, let me, you let me, you don't know. If there is a friend who is eating into your blessings, clap your hands and say, cut off. Cut off. Some friends you don't need. Because they are a minus in your life. By the time I come to Sofa, Bildad, and uh, Eliphaz, you will know which type of friends you need to keep around yourself. In chapter 21 and verse 6, Job also suffered fever and chills. Fever and chills. Not malaria. Malaria is when mosquitoes have beaten you and the mosquito virus has entered into you. It can cause you to shiver and sometimes um, typhoid can also do the same. Sometimes hepatitis B and then now C, they can also cause you to shiver. But there is another one which is not caused by malaria. Fever. You will be so cold that the cold will enter into your very lungs. We call it pneumonia. Hey, when you get to that state, know that you are very close to the grave. And when you have this fever, in abroad, they call it flu. You will start coughing. <laughs> fever, chills. Ah, chapter 30 and verse 27 tells me also that Job suffered from diarrhea. Diarrhea is normally for children. When you see Onupakbanti, an elderly man suffering from diarrhea, it means that the man is eating some food he must not be eating. And those of you who are doubting all these things, let me just give you just one. How the Bible puts Job's diarrhea. Chapter 30 and verse 27. 30 and 27. My bowels boiled and rested not. The days of affliction prevented me. My bowels, my intestines, 
They are resting not. Why are they not resting? Because every five minutes you have to visit the loo. Five minutes. Five minutes. You come and sit down, you are sleeping, and it starts again. You can sit down. Job suffered diarrhea. In chapter 30 and verse 30, he lost the color of his skin. His skin became black. And that is very worrisome. Very worrisome. And usually, it has been observed that it's the last state before you die. The last state before you die, you see that the color of your skin starts fading. And so, if you are very fair, your skin starts getting black. It means that some organ is not functioning very well. Now, if you are already black, you become darker. And when they compare you with charcoal, charcoal will be brighter than you. Charcoal will be fairer than you. The color of your skin. And so, Job began to have the color of his skin also change. It started darkening. Chapter 30 and verse 30. And then, in chapter 19 and verse number 30 to 20, he couldn't stand the shame anymore. He couldn't stand the stench. He couldn't stand what people were now saying. So he left and then went out of the city and then he sat in ashes. The word ashes there means refuse dump. That's where they'll come and burn the refuse and then the ashes. It was also a place for the homeless people. All the homeless people in the region took refuge there. And then what they ate was the food that people had come to throw. Then Job and his friends would struggle. That was also the place where freelance dogs also went to feed. And so Job, a very wealthy man, rich man, an elder of the city, highly respected, Job began to struggle over food with dogs. And he lived on the refuse dam. Which was why he had diarrhea. His sores were not dying. They were increasing by the day. Then the wife came to him and said, ah, Job, can't you deny this God and let's be free? Why? Job, you brought me up in money. Money is finished. I was the first lady of this city. The position is gone. It will take you just to denounce God and we are free here, Job. You know what Job said to the wife? You are talking like one of those foolish women. May you not marry a foolish woman. See, you are talking like a foolish woman. When we were enjoying the money, did you complain? Job had three friends. Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. Oh, especially Zophar. The words from his mouth. Check him up in chapter 11 and then chapter 20. He speaks some sense, though, because I'll be, I'll be quoting some senses that they spoke. Like Zophar. It was Zophar who said in chapter 20, verse 15. He said, Job, the God that I serve is a God who doesn't punish wicked people. As a matter of fact, when people swallow the wealth of the righteous, God causes them to vomit. And God takes them out of their bellies. By you, since you got this disease, I've never seen God causing your enemies to vomit what they are swallowed. Something is, is, is wrong with you, Job. They spoke some sense. But only they gave wrong theology and wrong interpretation. You quoted a scripture and you didn't even know that it was one of those Job's depressive friends who said it. They, they told Job, they said, Job, this God that we serve is a God when everybody say, let everybody be down, then they will say that there is a lifting up. 
It was Zophar who was selling Job. He said, Job, as for this your case, me, I don't understand. Go and confess your sins and whatever that has brought this case. They came to visit Job. They know Job. Job is wealthy and rich, surrounded with bodyguards every day. So as they were coming, somebody told them, oh, you are looking for Job. These days he's been sitting at the refuse dump. The refuse dump? So yeah. Is he mad? No, he's not mad. He's tired of people saying he's grown lean, he's grown black, his mouth is smelly, his sores are smelly, he's tired. So he's left. So his three friends came. Travel from all long distances. The Bible says when they saw Job, they put their hands upon their head. They say, hey. Zophar sat. Eliphaz sat. Bildad. Seven days. Nobody talked. Seven days. <laughs> Sometimes, those who come to comfort us, they increase our problems. Sometimes we don't need them. You are coming to comfort the person and then you are coming to tell the person, have you checked whether you have committed any sin? Is that why you came? And when you are desperate like this and you are in need, anything everybody says, you lose your self-esteem and your confidence. You lose it. Go for deliverance. Go and confess your sins. Hey, 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 hey. To the extent that some people, some people can tell, look, this one, God is powerful. But God doesn't only use prophets and pastors. God also uses malam. Oh, some people can say. And then you are so desperate. Malam. Eh, I'm poor. I'm pa malam. You are going to increase your trouble. In your pain and in your suffering, that is where you know God. His power and how faithful God is. In your pain and your suffering, God prepares and gives you the character for leadership. It's a school of training. Job's response, chapter 1, verse number 20, 21, 22. His response, his response, chapter 1. Then Job arose when he heard the news of the death of his children, the loss of his cattle, his donkey, his sheep, when he was struck with disease and sicknesses, and everybody, including his wife, forsook him and encouraged him to forsake God. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. This one breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. How can you worship God under such circumstances? But Job did. He did it. Why did you stop coming to church? You were angry with God. Why did you stop paying tithe? You were angry with God. Why did you stop the choir? You were angry with God. He worshipped. Now watch him. Verse 21. And then he said, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 22. In all these jobs sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. He did not utter a single word of accusation against his God. 
Yes, here is how you can form character and form humility. Here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. There are three things. Three things. If you want to remain humble and you want to be established in character and you want to know God's purposes and counsel for your life, here's the first one. Number one, always remember that you came into this world naked. Remember that. Naked I came. Naked I came. Why? God is reminding you that anytime you see your baby photograph, remember that you came into this world and you didn't have a shirt. When you came into this world, you didn't come with a car. When you came into this world, you didn't come with a house. When you came into this world, you didn't come with a degree. And that whatever you have, therefore, God gave to you. It is not yourself and your wisdom and whatever. It is God that keeps you humble. 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 But as soon as you begin to think that what you have is yourself, arrogance and pride sets in. Naked I came, remember. Don't forget that. Don't forget this one. Number two, Job is reminding you. Don't also forget that's because you came naked. Everything that you have, you will leave it here on this earth and you will go back to Mother Earth empty. Don't forget that your Mercedes Benz will not be buried with you. Don't forget that your houses will not be buried with you. Don't forget that your beauty will not be buried with you. All the hairpiece on your head and all your shoes and the gold and the trinkets and whatever you have, you will leave them behind. Naked you came. Naked you shall go. These thoughts make you very humble. It makes you humble. When you see somebody who is successful and is very proud and arrogant, the person has no idea of where he's coming from and where he's going. Pray for that person. Pray for that person. Number two, God gave and God has taken. What I have, God gave it to me. Why did God give it to me? He gave it to me so I will be a good steward. Letting me know that one day I have to leave them behind. And I'm going to account to God and I'm going to tell God how I used what he gave to me. What would you tell God? What would you tell your maker? I am also interested in God's testimony about Job. In chapter 1 and verse 8. Here, here is what God said. Chapter 1 verse 8. And the Lord said unto Satan. Has thou considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth? And a perfect and an upright man. One that feareth God and eschewed evil. Oh. What great credentials. Will God say about a man? Have you considered my servant? There is none like him. A perfect man. A perfect man simply means he is holy. He is righteous. When Job sees sin, he knows that this is sin. Keeps away from sin. Perfect. Perfect. Holy. Can God say this about you? Upright. 
Who is an upright man? An upright man is a man of integrity. Who is a man of integrity? A man who can be trusted. This man, I can trust my things into his hands. This man, I can trust him. Trusted person, an upright person, a man of integrity. This one, I can trust my money into his care. And he will account for every single person of it. Integrity. Integrity. This man, I can trust my choir into his care. He will lead my choir for me. This man, he has integrity. Ah, this man, I can commit my worship ministry into his hands. He will do a great work for me. Integrity. This man, I can travel and I can leave my church into his hands. He will administer justice. And I will come back and meet the church intact. This man, he has integrity. This man, I can trust Amabares into his care. I can trust pillars of Christ. This man, I can travel and leave my wife with him for one year. He will not touch my wife. Integrity. Can God say this about us? Can God say this about you? He feared God and assured evil. He feared God. When we say the fear of God, the fear of God, you've heard it many times. You don't even care to find out what it means anymore. But, but let me give you the simplest definition of who fears God. Number one, a man who fears God is the one who recognizes that though God physically cannot be seen, God endures him. And that the spirit of God is always around him wherever he goes and whatever he does. Darkness or light, secret place or no secret place. But he recognizes the presence of God. That's the person who fears God. Great definition. Great definition. So now mark yourself. How many of you fear God here? Give yourself grace over 10. A man who fears God is the one who recognizes physically you can't see God. But God dwells inside of you by his spirit. He's watching you when you are alone in that room. He's watching you when you are in that office, in that place, in that washroom, in that bathroom. He is there. Why a man who recognizes the presence of God fears God. Second definition. A man who fears God is the man who respects God's word and instructions. A man who fears God is the man who respects God's word and instructions. So mark yourself. Anyone who respects God's word. Ah, I promise you, you will get the credentials God gave Job. You get it. You get it. Flee fornication. So, the reason why I'm not fornicating is because the Bible does not allow me, period. It is not because I'm afraid that I'll get AIDS. But because God does not allow me by his word. I respect it. Bring your tithes and your offerings and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour your blessing. That's God's word for heaven's sake. Why are you fighting God's word? Why? It's because you don't fear God. 
Love your neighbors as yourself. Forgive them who offend you. God's word. God's word. Why is it, is it so difficult for you to do this? Here is the third definition of a person who fears God. Third definition. <coughs> the person who fears God will accept God's counsel and purpose for his life no matter how bitter, painful, frustrating, afflicting that purpose is like. If you hear this one, I'll be excited. If you are able to write this on the tablet of your heart, you have made my day. I will be the best pastor this Easter. A person who fears God, Mami Dokunu, is the person who is ready to accept the counsel, the purpose of God, no matter how painful, afflicting, frustrating, that that purpose brings to him. Here is Job. And his friends. Zophar. Bildad. Eliphaz. Say, Job. Job, ask what is your trouble. Job, we haven't seen it before. Job, this one, you have seen. I, Job. Stop defending yourself, Job. Because the God that we serve, he doesn't punish righteous people like this. Job, what have you done? Job said, I haven't committed anything. I haven't done anything. In all of this, Job did not accuse God foolishly. He fell down and worshipped God. And he said, blessed be God. Blessed. 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 Naked I came. I remember that. Naked I will go so I won't fight over this. I won't go on and let somebody kill me because of land. I'm interested in this one also. The source of Job's predicament and problems. Here's what happened. Uh, Chief, come to me. Watch this. This was what happened. Satan was walking to and fro. Two. Come back. Just walking. Then God called him. Hey. Satan, come. Why are you walking about like this? He said, I have seen somebody in your courtroom. He's called Joe. I want us to discuss. Then God says, so what about Job? He said, does Job not worship you for nothing? Because you have formed a hedge around him. His left and his right and his back. And you are protecting his children and you have prospered him. You've made him rich. That's why he's worshipping you. If you like, allow me to take away all he has and see if he will not denounce you. Now, many of you haven't read that thing properly. Let me paraphrase it and bring it in our modern language so you understand. Satan is now accusing God that you you think you are people who love you, eh? Yeah. All these people sitting there in Royal House Chapel, you think they love you? It is because you have bribed Job. You've given him bribe. That's why the guy is worshipping you. You've given him money to worship you. You've given him wife to worship you. You've given him children to worship you. You've given him houses to worship you. If you like, Take all these things. 
and God, you will see how naked you are. Naked. Eh? You. No, nobody, nobody. This was what Satan went and told your God. Get this one, number two. That Satan is not in hell. Those of you who think Satan is in hell, he's not there. Satan will go to hell and bound perpetually in hell for a thousand, thousand years after the judgment. Then you'll be thrown into the hell's fire. And there he's going to be with all his servants. For a period, they'll close him up and then they'll release him again to come and harass and then there's a final judgment. Right now, until the judgment, the devil is a freelance mover from Chokot to Nima, to Mamobi, to America. He's Ablekuma. He's going everywhere. And everywhere he goes, he's looking for an opportunity to appear in the presence of God. Number three, I want you to know that Satan also has access to God, just as you have access to God. In this particular uh, 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 scenario, he was standing in the presence of God, chatting with him. What is Satan doing in the presence of God? Because for now, he has access. So, so don't make a mistake. So, anytime we go to communion, and anytime we are praying, we are all in the presence of God. You are presenting your petition. Satan is also there with counter. We are now going to see the various diseases and sicknesses that come to us, the sources. I want you to know this. Satan is not in hell. He will go there, but not now. Now, he has free movement. Including the throne room of God. He's allowed there. So can you imagine the week of the altar? When you go into the presence, Satan also comes. When you are praying, he's counter. And then Satan can look into the face of our God. And tell our God, hey, you God, nobody loves you there. This royal house, all the people are there. Some of them, they are looking for husbands. That's why they are there. Some of them, they are looking for wives. Some of them, they are sick. They want healing. Some of them, they want money. Some of them, they want visa. If you like, take away their money. Take away their houses. Take away their husbands. And see how many of them will remain. It's only Reverend Samkranchaka will remain. All of them will run away. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. We don't worship God. Because God has blessed us. No. But as we worship God, God blesses us. So it is the worship which is bringing the blessing. It is not the opposite. So if people think I have money, they should wait. I will worship God more because when I was poor, I began to worship God and then God began to bless me. So now that I have found the winning formula, I will worship him. will worship him more. So listen, I don't worship God because I'm looking for husband. Because I'm looking for wife. Because I'm looking for healing. Because I'm looking for money. Rather, as I worship God freely from my heart, all these things that I am looking for come automatically. Are you clapping for Jesus? Clap your hands and say, in the name of Jesus, any accusation from the pit of hell shall not stand. 
I worship God because I love him. Shout yes. Then God said to Satan, he is there. Take his cattle, his sheep, his donkeys, his children, his houses. Strike him with any form of disease from diarrhea to dysentery. Strike him with sores. Do everything. I will prove to you, Satan, that there are people who love me unconditionally. How dare you say I bribe people to worship me? Satan, having to heard that the Roman emperor took Christians and asked them to denounce Jesus. And when they said no, he bought the hot oil and placed them in them and fried them. Haven't you heard about it? Haven't you heard that they used to feed the Christians' flesh to the lions? Whenever it was time for the lions to come entertain them, haven't you heard? They love me. Haven't you read how the apostle Paul died just in defense of my name? How Peter was crucified upside down just in defense of my name? Haven't you heard how James was beheaded because he refused to denounce me? Come on now, what are you talking about? There are people who love me. There are people. Here's the conclusion. So therefore, any time you give up on your faith because of pain, because of affliction, because of suffering, number one, you are fighting God's counsel for your life. God's counsel to bring you endurance, character, perfection, compassion, long-suffering, so that he will bring you to the ultimate place of chapter 42, where God began to bless Job in double and to bring you to the place of Jesus Christ, where he was raised from the dead. And God gave him a name that is far above every name. At the mention of his name, every knee begins to confess and to bow and to say that Jesus Christ is Lord. If you want God to bring you to that ultimate, then here's what you do. You don't allow the devil to triumph over our God. Don't let the devil have glory. Because the moment you forsake God and you rise against him and you get angry at God and you say nasty things about God and then you begin to be angry with God, you then allow the devil to have his way. The devil will tell God, I told you these people can stand. I told you. Didn't I tell you that they are worshipping you because of what you give them? Don't let the devil have preeminence over our God. Please. On the contrary, let God have that faith that he had in Job. He said, have you considered my servant Job? Check him out. Go and afflict him. You stand. Oh, how I wish that I could promise you that the Christian race is a rosy one, devoid of calamities. I wish, I wish. But you yourself know that if I tell you that, I'll be lying to you. Because in your lifetime, you've gone through some pains already. And yet you stood. And you know why? Check your life yesteryear before the pain. And check your life after the pain. You will discover that you have matured. You have grown. Check. Check. Oh, how I wish. How I wish I can tell you 
that the Christian race is full of peace, harmony. As soon as you come, God will give you money. And God will give you a husband. And your husband will love you. And then you have money. And you buy lands. And how I wish. But the day I give you these empty promises, know that I'm backsliding. However, I can assure you on the basis of God's word, that whatever situations we go through, it is not meant to destroy us. It is meant to bring God's character and God's purpose so that God's glory will be shown. So our God will have preeminence over our accuser. That one I can guarantee you. That was Job's faith. He used three scriptures to reply his friends. And to maintain his stability in faith. It's amazing. I want to share those scriptures with you. Remember we are doing expositions on the book of Job. Let's see Job's response to Zophar. Chapter 19 and verse number 25. Chapter 19 verse number 25. Chapter 19 verse number 25. Remember his friends accusations have been just one. Job you are a sinner. God has cursed you. There is something you have done. Because this God that we know, this is what he does to people who are wicked. They don't know the other side of theology that suffering and pain is not always because you have done something wrong, but it is because God is preparing you towards victory. Read verse 25 with a loud voice, chapter 90. Ready, go. For and that he shall stand. This is the song that you have been singing. I know my redeemer lead. let our creation I know that my redeemer liveth and it shall stand in the end Job said I have no sin against God what I am just going through is a season I know that my redeemer lives let this one be your word answer our accusers those who want to depress you Look at verse 25. I know that my redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. 26. Chapter 19, 26. After my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God. He's saying that this flesh that has been permitted and destroyed by this harassment wasn't like this before. In this flesh I will see God again. I will see restoration. That's your faith. That's your confession. Me, I will succeed in this marriage. I don't care how many of them failed in my house. You don't know the background I came from. I was in the midst of poverty. I saw everything. But I was there physically. But my mind I shifted. I changed my mind. I said, this place... The time I will check out of this place, I will see God in my flesh. 27. Whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. How my heart yearns within me. My heart is yearning. I want to see this God again. This God who blessed me. And people say he has not forsaken me. I want to see him again. But chapter 23, he also gave a very powerful reply. And I'd love to share that one with you. Chapter 23, verse number 9. 
Chapter 23, verse number 9. Chapter 23. I don't know who he was replying, but at least chapter 14, I know he was replying. Um, Zophar, um, his friends, made various, various speeches. Some of them can make a speech the whole chapter, and Job will keep quiet, and Job will reply them two chapters. If you watch, get it to the end, Job replied them word to word, word to word, word to word. So in the, their, their third four speeches, they could speak only four or five lines. They couldn't talk again. Zophar, Zophar in particular, his last speech, he said, he said uh, Job, I have said all that I can say for you to change your mind and go and repent and ask God to lift up this case. But if you still stand where you are standing, I can't help you anymore. And then Job replied, he said, in fact, all of you, all the things that you have said, you have come to waste my time. I have discovered that help cannot come from any man at all. Job, Job said, I have discovered that in time of need, help cannot come from any man. 23.9, here Job, in after he was responding to one of the accusations, he said, when he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. Verse number 10. But he knows the way that I take. God knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Verse number 11. My foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and have not turned aside. I am only going through fire. And when I am tested and I have overcome these trials, I will shine like gold. This is Job. This is how he strengthened himself. This is how he strengthened himself. The last one, chapter 14. His reply to Zophar, verse number 7. Chapter 14, verse 7. Zophar, of the three friends, he had the poisonous tongue. And if Zophar decides to digest your spiritual problems, you think that you are the greatest sinner on this earth. Zophar will give you some theology that when you weigh yourself in the mirror of his theology, you are just useless. Useless. In chapter 11, Zophar had come strong against, against Job. Ridicule him. Ridicule Job to the lowest. He said, look at you. Rich man, you are not thinking, hmm. Your wife, everybody has forsaken you. Can't you see Job? Then he suggested to Job that Job, the way your situation is, we better go and get uh, coffee because you, we shall bury you. And then look at the reply, verse 7. For there is hope for a tree if it is cut down that it will sprout again and that its tender roots shall not cease. Though its roots may grow old in the earth and its stump may die in the ground. Verse number 9. Yet at the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth branches like a plant. Verse number 10. But man dies and is led away. Indeed, he breathes his last. And where is he? Verse number 11. As water disappears from the sea and the river becomes parched and dries up. 12. So man lies down and does not rise till the heavens are no more. They will not awake nor be roused from their sleep. He said, he said what are you talking about? Having to see a tree. When the tree is cut down and its root is removed. Just at the scent of water, it sprouts again and begins to burn. Hey, I'm just coming from the winter where I have seen all the trees die because of winter. Now they've entered into spring. One rainfall 
And the greens, the, the leaves have started showing green again. I said, wow, which God is this? And God has kept this season for several generations, thousands of years. The trees will die, but at the scent of the first water, the leaves begin to bud again. And so God, Job is saying, life is a season. Now, scent of water, rain. Rain comes from heaven. When you are dead and you are cut off, something will come from heaven. It is called rain. It is called blessing. And when it drops upon you, it will change your situation. But if you want to know who a tree is, Psalm 1 verse 1 tells me who a tree is. For, it says, <coughs> Blessed is the man who does not sit in the council of the ungodly, nor seated on the seat of the scornful, or standard in the way of the sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. That man shall be like a tree. So planted by the rivers of water. What happens? When you have your source and water is running, then your leaves shall be green always. And then in your due season, when it is time, you marry. In due season, when it is time, you build your house. In due season, when it is time, you get your scholarship. In due season, when it is time, you get a visa. When your season comes, at the scent of water, there is hope. Hope. Who said I am finished? Who said I will not rise again? Three. I know a man that Jesus healed. And then Jesus touched his eyes, blind man. He said, what do you see? He said, I see men like trees. Oh yes. He was not talking fake. He's talking about revelation. Every man spiritually, you are like a tree. And just as a tree needs water to survive, so you also need the water of life. Now what you are hearing from me now is water. As you hear the word of God, water is coming. I'm watering you. As we pray, the spirit of the Lord comes upon you. You are receiving water. As we worship God, you are being connected to the source of water. What can happen to you? What will happen to you that even if you are dead at the scent of water and of the word of God, you are about to sprout and you are about to bat again. I am talking to a tree over here. Your leaves are dead because of the winter. But spring is coming. And you are about to spring up again. I don't know what died in your life. Your education. Your business. Your marriage. Whatever. Oh. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. Let me identify some jobs that are here. Some jobs that are in this service. First job. I see that beautiful girl. But she's so poor that people are tempting her. Saying, you are beautiful. You can go for a man. Even if the man is married. Ah, how can he be so beautiful and be so poor? Woman! What you are going through is just a season. Wait! Don't succumb to the pressure. That man you are going to sleep with is somebody's husband. God will disconnect you from your own husband once he knows that you are going after somebody's husband. 
It's a season. You are like Job. Go through. Your season is coming. I see another Job here. You are very clever. And you should have a first and second degree by now. But because there was nobody to help you. You are sitting here as if you know nothing. And you amount to nothing. You are just in a trying moment. Get ready. Help is coming your way. It is just a trying moment. I see another job here. Great ideas for businesses. But you don't have sponsors. Somebody who just have faith and believe in you and set you up. It's not there. Don't you worry. Help is coming. Don't go and do 419. Don't go and steal. Help is coming. Here is another job I see here. Beautiful woman. That is something years. You don't have a husband. You don't have suitors. Time is running up on you. And there's pressure on you from society. You are growing. You are growing. You are growing. Why don't you go and sleep with any man and get two children? It's pressure. It's a season. God is taking you through this for character and endurance. You will make it. Here is another job I see here. You are a good wife. But you have a bad husband. Who makes you feel like rubbish. He treats you as nothing. As a result of which you have lost your self-esteem and confidence. Woman. It's just a season. Shall pass. The way you are good person if you had got a good husband like me oh by now people would have heard of and known you some men when you marry them you are a good husband you pay your children's school fees you pay house rent you you provide chop money you buy clothes for your wife but your wife cannot appreciate anything that you do your wife can look at you and dress you and insult you so you bear man foolish man like you It's a season. You are just like Job. It's a trying moment. Here is another job I find here. You are very hard working. But you are never appreciated for the work that you do. Sometimes you feel like giving up. Please don't. Your season is very close. Here is another job I see here. You are a single mother. You have raised three children all by yourself. Your children are so ungrateful, they never say thank you. This one also shall pass. Here is another job I see here. You work very hard. Money comes into your hand, but you never enjoy your money. Because as soon as money comes, somebody is sick in your family. Your mother, your auntie, your children. This, this, this. So hard work, you can't buy a car. It is not because you haven't saved. You saved the money, but you couldn't buy the car. 
Because the devil will always find ways to harass your finances. This is the song I want to lift your heart with. I have made you too small in my eyes. Oh Lord. Somebody say forgive me. And I have believed in a lie. Somebody said that you were unable that you glory in suffering. You will stand there always. There is hope. Stretch your legs a little bit and stretch your hands. And stretch your voice. And stretch your body. Give your body to Jesus. Your hands, your feet, everything. And in my eyes, and in my eyes, and with my soul, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. I have made you too small in my eyes. Come on, lift up your hands. Shout and say, forgive me. Forgive me. You have been lied unto. The devil has lied to you. Your friends have lied to you. People have told you wrong things about God. You are forsaking God. You are fighting God. You can serve God. And Job worshipped. He worshipped. Shout and say, but now. Heal my heart. And in my heart. Let me hear your voice. Lift up your hands. Lift up your heart. Say, be magnified. Be magnified. Come on, instrumentalist. Give me music, girl. Let's shout. Can I see your voice? Can I see your hands? Can I see your worship? Can I see your faith?
speak some of the language of the devil, clap your hands and you say, I refuse it. Clap your hands and shout, I refuse it. Oh, you are not serious, so. Okay, okay. See whether you respond. The devil is speaking. Who said to you that you will succeed in your house? You will fail like the others. Your poverty will be greater than your father's. Your marriage will fail like your mother's. Is that the way you can refuse? Clap your hands and put your foot there and refuse. You will die like somebody died in your house. I refuse it. Haven't you heard arm robbers attacking people? I refuse it. Your problem is because you have sinned against God. I refuse it. God is punishing you. I refuse it. God is punishing you. I refuse it. God is punishing you. You have sinned against God. You have sinned against God. You have been punished. Clap your hands and shout I refuse it. This is what the devil has been speaking to you. Now hear the voice of God. Clap your hands and say, I receive it. I receive it. Is that the way you can receive God's voice? I receive it. What you are going through is for a season. I receive it. I am building you up. I receive it. I am forming character. I receive it. You will be made strong. I receive it. Victory is your passion. I receive it. You will not remain in the grave. I receive it. There is hope. For a tree, when you die at the scent of water, you will rise again. Your Redeemer lives. Fear not. The Lord is with you. You will succeed. 2014, we shall answer our accusers by our faith. Our worship, our sacrifice, and the blood of peace. Clap your hands and make that. Lift up your hands. Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence coming. Let me hear somebody cite the word of God. Preach. Preach. Preach the word. Job was strengthened by the word of God. Job rested his faith in God. Hey. Hey. Somebody, I can see your resurrection. Somebody, I can see your breakthrough. Somebody, I can see help coming. It is a fervent prayer that this message will have an effect on your life and will lift you to the place where you belong. For an additional copies of this and any other life-changing CDs, please look up the address on your CD. Royal House Chapel International, 
touching our generation with the power of God. God richly bless you. Ancient words will guide.